Hello, lovely friend. I am Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. We are doctors. And weight management and metabolic health experts. And this is The Real Health and Weight Loss Podcast. Hello, my gorgeous friends. It's Dr. Lucy here. Uh, I am by myself this week. Many of you know that Dr. Mary's been unwell. She's well and truly on the mend. But we wanted to get this episode out ready for you for Christmas. So I thought I'll just do a solo performance. So gorgeous ones, uh, it's called How to Stay on Track This Christmas. And I'm going through three things. And the three things are why should you stay on track? Do you even need to stay on track? Why staying on track feels hard at Christmas? And then three strategies to keep you on track. So the first thing I guess I want to go through is you know, should you stay on track? What does staying on track actually mean? And I guess there's a couple of things to consider. So if we're looking at Christmas Day by itself, like just one day of the year, lots of people will tell you, well, one day doesn't matter. And there's some truth in that. One day makes no difference to your life, to your health, to anything that you do, if it truly is just one day. The problem I see, though, is so many people I see do, you know, we're going to do whatever we want at Christmas. Then that sort of extends into Boxing Day. Then there's plenty of food still left over. And then they go, oh, well, look, we'll just wait till New Year. New Year comes, there's still more food, there's more parties, there's more barbecues. By this stage, you know, Fluffy is awake, your sugar cravings are back, you kind of go, you roll on into Australia Day and all of a sudden it's July. It's the same if you're in the US, you've probably already been, you know, you've had you've had Halloween, you've had Thanksgiving, you've had Christmas, into New Year, it's now cold, it's dark, you're thinking, I don't know. And so it becomes a bit tricky. So I think it's really important to recognize that one day, honestly, it really doesn't make any difference, but that's the trick. It has to be one day. And for lots of us, it's not. So what I wanted to talk to you about is why is it important to stay on track over Christmas and what does staying on track over Christmas actually mean? So the thing that we know is that in our particularly Western world, but not just that now, developing countries as well, we are seeing the rate of insulin resistance and metabolic disease escalate escalate like crazy to, you know, now certain parts of the community of the world have, you know, 90% of the population is metabolically unwell. Now, if you're in the category where your metabolic health is a bit less than ideal, then we're going to try and keep that on track. And again, doesn't mean one meal, one meal won't make a difference, but we don't want one meal to be two meals, to be three, to be 30 meals. So what we want to do is think, well, what does being metabolically unwell even mean? And the way we like to describe it is, it's not just the way we like to describe it, it's it's what metabolic, you know, poor poor metabolic health entails. At its root cause is, is high circulating insulin levels or insulin resistance or hyperinsulinemia, whichever phrase you like to call it. And that's often associated again then with hypertension or high blood pressure, fatty liver disease, abdominal, so increased visceral fat around your abdomen. And what that makes us feel is sluggish, tired, 
you know, we're just not thriving. We're just sort of coping with life. And left alone, that causes enormous amounts of medical complications, including type 2 diabetes and the like. So, and we've got a number of ways that we can manage this, but certainly our food is, is nutrition is by far and away the most effective with the least amount of side effects way to manage it. It's probably the cheapest compared to spending hundreds of dollars on medications. And as I said, it's the way, it's actually just returning to the way our body's designed to eat. So the tricky thing is that we know insulin resistance has multiple factors that come together to cause it. And genetics is most definitely a predisposing factor. So there are some people that can get away with eating oodles of sugar and have very little consequences. And other people find that they have to be really mindful of the amount of sugar and processed carbohydrates they consume or their insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes, everything gets worse. So we know that, you know, to manage insulin resistance, it's about reducing processed carbohydrates in particular. So that is sugars and starches. So processed starches include flour and sugars. So what does Christmas involve? A lot of flour and a lot of sugar. So a lot of cakes, a lot of puddings, a lot of chocolate, a lot of lollies. And tied with that is an enormous marketing campaign from those companies that produce those foods who stand to profit for that step one. Step two is that for many of us, those types of foods are tied in with our memories and associated feelings about Christmas and food. And I know for many people, you know, Christmas, like we did a, I did a little poll the other day and uh, I said to people, you know, five seconds, what foods do you associate with Christmas? So, you know, outcomes, mince tarts or mince pies, depending on which part of the world you're in, uh, Christmas pudding, Christmas cake, pavlova if you're Australian, scorched almonds, uh, gingerbread, gingerbread houses, all the food that is actually available all year round, but for which our brain only comes up with it at Christmas. One of those foods in particular was shortbread. So you can buy shortbread any day of the week, but suddenly at Christmas, shortbread's in the shape of a star and it just holds so much more appeal. So a couple of things we need to think about and be mindful of is at the end of the day, as I said, you are the boss of you. You can do whatever you want. There isn't any right or wrong. There's no moral judgment here. I don't know if any of you can hear my cat in the background, but she's just decided to start meowing. But anyway, I'm just going to plow on through. So you are the boss of you. You get to decide which plan you want to do. But what I want you to do is have a plan that you're happy with. And what I mean by that is a plan in which you wake up in the morning with no regrets. So some strategies that you can employ here. The first thing we need to do, there's three strategies I'm going to go through. The first one, step one, have a plan. So that plan, it might be to have a day off. It might be that you've got a great big family function. You don't want to think about the food. You're just going to have whatever you want. That's a perfectly reasonable plan with a couple of caveats. And the caveats are, do you know yourself well? Once you start on scorched almonds, 
Will that wake up your cravings and will you then want scorched almonds for the next six weeks? If that's you, you may want to rethink that plan. Or if that's you, you may want to then make sure following Christmas Day you have a plan to no longer eat scorched almonds. And what I mean by that is if scorched almonds are your thing and you decide on Christmas Day you're going to have them, well, then you're going to have to pop some kind of strategies in place so that scorched almonds just aren't in your cupboard for the next six months. So if someone says to you, oh, look, take this half a jar home with you because, you know, I don't want them, you might want to go, no, thanks. Or if you know that people are going to give you scorched almonds and that they're going to be then calling your name from the cupboard for the next six weeks, you might want to work out a plan for those. You might decide to give them away. You might decide to leave them at the place where you've gone for lunch or if people have come to your place, you might decide to give them away. Whatever it is, the key is always knowing yourself well. So there's no right or wrong in this situation. Honestly, there isn't. But if you've been following us for a while, you know that the way we like to look at things is that every action has a result. Every behaviour has a consequence. When I say consequence, consequence always sounds negative. Consequence can be a positive thing. Your behaviour might be that you go walking every day for a month. Well, the consequence of that is going to be that you'll feel fitter, that you'll have better aerobic capacity, that you're enjoying the outside world, all of that sort of stuff. So again, it doesn't matter what you decide to do as long as you are completely aware that whatever action you take has a result. And the longer you do an action, then the more likely the result is of that action. So again, bringing it back to one meal will rarely make any difference to your health. You know, caveats being, don't eat peanuts if you've got peanut allergy. But in general, one meal makes no difference. If you do that one meal 100 times, it's going to make a difference. So just know yourself well there. So the plan could be, as I said, just go off plan, do whatever you want. The plan might be that you're going to continue your low-carb lifestyle. You're going to make a menu and you're going to come up with alternatives that comply with your low-carb life. And that can be pretty easy, especially Christmas. I mean, Christmas meals, when you boil it down, are usually a protein base, ham, turkey, pork, whatever it might be. In Australia, might be seafood, prawns, usually some vegetables. Again, if you're having a hot lunch, it'll be, you know, there might be some roast potato and maybe you decide to forego that. But, you know, there's cauliflower, broccoli, beans, you know, all sorts of veggies that you can have. If you're having a cold lunch, there's salads, heaps, heaps of different salads that you can do that will still keep you on your low-carb plan that is still delicious, flavorful, full of herbs and spices and goodness, and you just make them a little bit fancy, sprinkle some uh, nuts on them. If Again, if you're not allergic, allergic to nuts, uh, sprinkle some feta through it. If you're not intolerant to dairy, 
so many ways that you can make that food delicious. And then for dessert, you might decide to take low-carb pavlova, you know, using an alternate sweetener. You might decide to take some, you know, fresh berries. Again, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, berries are in season. And I cannot tell you how delicious raspberries are at this time of the year. We are so lucky. You get to decide because you, my friends, are the boss of you. So step one, okay, strategy one is have a plan, think about it, write it down, know yourself well, ask yourself, is this realistic? Make sure that the plan you create is realistic because humans like to win. So don't make a plan that there's quite a lot of you inside in your brain going, yeah, great plan, Lucy, but you're never going to do that. Never mind, we'll forge ahead. Don't do that. That's unhelpful. Make the plan realistic. Step two, visualize your plan. So visualizing is a beautiful technique. It's a technique that is done often with athletes, with people sitting exams, with public speakers, performers, all of those people visualize themselves doing the action and they visualize their success. So at the end, If you're a performer, you will visualize all the clapping. If you're giving a speech, you will visualize yourself standing at the podium with your slides. Um, You will know that you're going to go through your speech without any stumbles and that you're going to get a standing ovation. If you're an athlete, you will visualize yourself. If you're a swimmer, standing on the blocks, diving in when the, the start gun goes, swimming in the zone, all of those things. They are powerful, powerful techniques that improve performance. So if you're wanting to stick to your plan, and again, maybe your plan, because you know you are the boss of you, you get to choose your plan. Maybe your plan actually involves no alcohol. Maybe you've decided, maybe this is your first year where you're not drinking alcohol. Well, then you visualize it. Visualize what you're going to do, how you're going to approach it. Maybe there's people there you haven't seen. Maybe there's people who are just going to hand you a glass. What is your strategy for those? You just need to be prepared. So a line that I always love, my favorite line for anything is, no thanks, I don't eat that anymore, or I don't eat that. Or it might be, no thanks, I'm not drinking alcohol today. Or no thanks, I've stopped the wine. People will ask you because they're just curious. Oh, why not? And you can just say whatever you like, but a favourite line of mine is, oh, it doesn't agree with me. And when they go, what do you mean? You just go, you don't want to know. So it's really, really easy. You may have people that will try and convince you to eat their food, that maybe they've made a plum pudding. Maybe they say to you, oh, come on, I've made it. It's beautiful. You can just already You've got your line planned. You've visualized it. Oh, thank you. It looks amazing, but I just don't eat that anymore. It doesn't agree with me. I'm really happy for everyone else to have it. It looks incredible, but it doesn't agree with me. And they'll soon give up. They honestly will. But you just need to have a little line ready. And then the third strategy is really, again, important because Particularly if you've done lots of dieting over the years, you will identify with the concept of being an all or nothing person. An all or nothing person 
is not actually a person. It's just a mindset. It's a mindset process that we've been taught where we feel that you have to be perfect because that's the only way it'll work. And that's why we do it. We have this absolute belief that it has to be perfect. That's why it'll work. And then if it's not perfect, we just think, oh, bugger it, and we just do whatever we want. So we call that pressing the stuff up button. So again, let's say you've come up with your plan, you've done your visualizing, and somehow it's not all quite going to plan. It doesn't mean that you need to press the stuff up button and then eat everything, hoover down the whole table. You don't need to suddenly eat six months tarts to get rid of them. You don't need to suddenly be wolfing down everything till you feel sick in the stomach so that you can start again tomorrow. I love the idea that we can just come in with a little bit of mind management around damage control. Basically, you can just say, hmm, interesting, isn't it, that I had a couple of almonds, scorched almonds. Yeah, okay, they were nice, but I don't want to do any more. I'm just going to put them away and I'm just going to continue straight back on my plan. So you can just regroup. And a really great way, and this sounds a little bit weird, but a really great way to do this is if you find yourself sort of standing at a table or you're hovering or you just start, you can feel yourself starting to sort of wolf down a few things, you should take a little mini break and maybe you go to the bathroom and you just regroup. And you just regroup with yourself and you can do a little like a, a little breath work exercise, little mindset exercise, and you can just talk to yourself kindly and you just go, okay, this is not how I planned the day. This is how I'd like the day to look and this is what we're going to do. And it's just like having a little chat to yourself. It does two things by going to the bathroom. One, it just moves you away from all the cues, the cues being food products, or the, the food thing, or it might be a person, again, who's shoveling food in your face that you don't want to eat. That's fine. So you just toddle into the bathroom, take a little mini break, take a few breaths, and then regroup and go and grab a glass of water and then move away from wherever it was that you were. And again, what I want you to really be mindful of is that you can still enjoy your Christmas meal. You can still enjoy your Christmas period because their food that is available is wonderful, beautiful, nourishing, protein, chicken, ham, turkey, pork, whatever it is, prawns, amazing food, still delicious, still fills you up, still makes you feel part of it but just doesn't take you off your path. And as I said, if you do find that you have wandered off into the wilderness, you don't need to beat yourself up over it. You don't need to carry on. You don't need to self-destruct. You don't need to go and move down everything. You just recommit, regroup, not the next day, but the next minute. And I cannot tell you For me, that has been like the biggest revelation because I used to always go, oh, well, God, I've stuffed it now. I'll eat everything I can and because I'm going to start again tomorrow, I'm going to be perfect tomorrow. And it just just made for A, like a binge that day, which would make me feel sick. Then I'd wake up in the morning feeling terrible, feel a bit guilty, and then there'd be one little thing that had come past and my eyes would be on stalks and i think, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, have that today and just start again tomorrow. And this would go on for weeks. It's unhelpful. 
unpleasant, doesn't make you feel good. So, lovelies, that's what I would love you to do. Okay, you've got your three strategies. You're going to make a plan, whatever that plan is, doesn't matter, it's your plan. You're going to visualize your plan. You're going to think about it. You're going to visualize how you're going to approach people, you know, who bring food that maybe you don't want to eat. Remembering eating is not a team sport. It's an individual pursuit. You are the boss of you and you are allowed to advocate for yourself. If you don't want to eat a particular food product, you don't have to. And you're going to recognize perfectionism and pressing the stuff up button. You're going to try your best not to do that. And if you do find that you've sort of popped down that pathway where you're starting to eat everything in sight, you're just going to make take a break, go to the bathroom, regroup, take a few deep breaths, have a little chat with yourself, come out, move away from the table or wherever it is that you are and start right there and then. It'll be wonderful. Gorgeous ones, there is no need to fear Christmas. There is absolutely no need to fear it. It can still be fun. You can still have a great time with those simple strategies. And uh, I wish you and your family all the very, very best. And uh, next week, Dr. Mary has a great episode. She's interviewing uh, one of our colleagues uh, who's in the wellness world uh, with some some steps I was about to say some tricks and tips and somehow steps popped in, uh, some strategies on stress management. So my lovely friends, have a wonderful, wonderful week and uh, I will catch up with you very soon. Ho, ho, ho. The information shared on the Real Health and Weight Loss podcast, including show notes and links, provides general information only. It is not a substitute, nor is it intended to provide individualized medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, nor can it be construed as such. Please consult your doctor for any medical concerns.